0: Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, well, me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for an opportunity to share, to love, and to live. (coughs) Be with us now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. You didn't think I was going to pass up an opportunity to dress up, did you? Y'all know this is like my favorite time of the year. I mean, I have four opportunities ...to put on a costume. So tomorrow, we're going to be dressing up at the gym. That'll be fun. I'll probably sweat all the makeup off. This Hallelujah Day here at at church with the preschool. And so I'll get to dress up for something then. Tonight is trunk or treat. So that's more of a couples thing. And so, you know, Stacy tells me what to put on for that one. And then, Deacon Deborah said there was going to be the blessing of the costumes. So I have an excuse to dress up. For here, for church. And so I was thinking, what should I be for church? You know, what would just be so fitting? And I thought that nothing could be more fitting than for me to be Jesus. You know, because let's be honest. When you think of Jesus, you think of me, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Quentin. Um, Well, I mean, let's be honest. Jesus is probably a little skinnier. Or was a little skinnier. I mean, he had to walk around everywhere and you didn't hear my name read out on the steps count, did you? So, but, you know, so I, I got the Jesus costume and, and it, it comes with, you know, this, the beard and the the hair and stuff. And, you know, that's how we imagine Jesus, right? I mean, what would Jesus be if I came in here and just like had on a, a robe with short hair and, and cleanly shaven? Well, I would just be me dressed up for Sunday morning, right? But no, so you gotta have the long hair and the beard because we know Jesus had all that, and but the robe thing here kind of I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I agree with it. Because okay, definitely the robe, because that's what they wore back then. But doesn't this look a little royal for Jesus? Okay, yeah, he is the King of King and Lord of Lords, everything, but do you think he went around looking like a king? I mean, the the Jesus that's in the Bible. Was He was a carpenter, right? I mean, he was out in fishing boats and, and talking to people. This looks like, you know, I'm Caesar or something. But So it doesn't really fit with my image of Jesus. Does it fit yours? And we all have one, don't we? I mean, for, for centuries, they have been painting pictures of, of the images of our Lord. Now, when I was a little kid, I went to a church in in Columbia, and there was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, ascending Christ, right as a mural on the the front. The pastor actually modeled for that painting to be Jesus. I mean, I might dress like him, but (laughs) I ain't going that far. But anyway, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. How many of you have seen pictures like that? All of us have. It's the European Lord. But last time I checked, he was a Middle Eastern Jew. They don't have blonde hair and blue eyes, do they? But I've seen all kinds of different pictures of Jesus. I've seen a black Jesus, which is a little closer to accurate. I've seen a female Jesus. I've seen redheaded Jesus. I've seen like a Picasso like Jesus with just weird looking. A modern day Jesus, a laughing Jesus. There's all kinds of pictures and all of these sort of inform our thoughts on what the Lord looked like, right? But when you get right down to it, that's not nearly as important as what the Lord is like, is it? What is our image of Christ in our lives? How does he encounter us day to day? Close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to picture Jesus. Picture not only how he looks, but your relationship with Jesus. How he comes to you in daily life. Now open your eyes. I don't want anybody to fall asleep. So, so the truth is we all have our own image of the Lord, don't we? The way Jesus approaches us, the way Jesus talks to us, the way Jesus encounters our lives. And so we have so much of one that we end up putting our Lord in, in a Jesus sized box of what we think he's like. And the truth is with that box it's almost like an impenetra- an impenetrable, that's hard to say with a beard on, an impenetrable force field that Jesus has got to be like this. This is my Jesus. And that's all well and good so long as we have a healthy image of what Jesus is. But the truth is a lot of folks don't. A lot of us don't. And sometimes we do and sometimes we may have a completely different one. And see, that's what Martin Luther ran into. Because see, the Jesus in his day and the Jesus in his life was not the kind-hearted loving Jesus that, that many of us picture. It's not the laughing Jesus that that we have on the side of uh, on the church wall over here. No. His Jesus was very judging. His Jesus was scary almost. It was the Jesus who was looking over his shoulder, waiting for him to mess up, waiting for him to do something wrong. To just smack him down. It was a Jesus to whom Martin Luther felt so very unworthy. And it was too, so much the fact. That when, when Luther was a young monk. He would go to confession. Not every week. Not every month. He would go many times a day. In fact his father confessor once told him. Martin every time you pass gas. You're showing up to confess it. Because Luther felt that he couldn't be. Good enough. That there's no way that he was worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made. And that Jesus didn't love him. Jesus tolerated him. And there's nothing that he could do to ever change that. No matter how hard he tried. No matter how good he wanted to be. He always failed every single time. Sometimes we feel that way about Jesus too, don't we? We have this image of this judge that's just waiting for us to mess up or recalling all the sins of our past, our brokenness, the things that we wish we could take back. Then again, we may have an image where we're just fine, but those people out there, not so much. Those people don't fit in with the Jesus that we have. Because our Jesus wouldn't accept folks like that. Our Jesus would turn them away because they aren't worthy. And so we have this Jesus in our box. And we're captivated by it. And we're held captive to it. In our gospel reading, Jesus is talking to the Jews and says, and says... If you want to continue your walk with me, if, if you want to continue to be my disciples and continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I got to be honest with you, this 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 passage has always confused me because we're like the Jews. We've always been free, even though they actually hadn't always been free. But we have right. We know what freedom is. So what freedom is Jesus talking about here? Well, I've I've come to realize that the the freedom isn't about our freedom as much as our freeing Jesus to be who he actually is. Because he says, if you continue in my word, what does that mean? Well, a couple things. First of all, it means knowing what that word is. You see, Martin Luther, like I said, was, was in captive to his image of Jesus. But when he opened the word and discovered what we heard in Romans, we are justified by grace through faith. In other words, we're not good enough. We won't be good enough. We can't be good enough. But God loves us anyway. Jesus saves us Anyway. In spite of all the things that we have done, in spite of all the things that we will do, Jesus still loves us. Why? Because of grace. Because God just wants to. It's not because we earned it. It's not because we deserve it. It's just because of who God is. That's the first part of Jesus that we need to understand. Is that our Jesus is a Jesus of grace. And following in His Word means this that we love. Love God, love our neighbors, love ourselves. You see, sometimes our image of our Lord gets distorted. But the true image, the image that sets us free, is one of grace and mercy and love. It's one that says, you are good enough because I created you. They are good enough because I created them. We are all who we were meant to be. And God loves all of us enough to send Jesus. When Martin Luther realized this, it set him free not only to change his life, but the life of the entire church. So I wonder, is the church today holding God captive as well? Is the image that we teach and preach and understand, is that holding the church captive as as we put our Lord in in a Jesus-sized box? And if so, how can we be set free? Well, my friends, it's by continuing in his word. By continuing in that word of love. By realizing that we are here to love God, love our neighbors, and love ourselves. That's the Jesus of scripture. That's the Jesus who came down to this world. And that is the truth that sets us free.